listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Do you love sci-fi, horror, and fantasy films? Then grab a badge for Otherworlds Film Festival, the country's premier sci-fi film festival. There will be Q&As, panels, parties, and mixers. Rub elbows with up-and-coming and established filmmakers, as well as like-minded filmgoers. Come celebrate our seventh year, December 3rd through 6th, at the Galaxy Highland in Austin, Texas. Badges are now for sale at otherworldsfilmfest.com. That's otherworldsfilmfest.com. One of the great things about horror right now is that there's horror coming from countries all over the world. It's a industry in film that has the biggest chance of, if you're putting out a low-budget release with actors you've never heard of, to still make money and get spread if it's a good movie. Like, literally, over almost any other genre. Horror? If it's a good movie, it's going to get seen. And right now, Indonesia is kind of having a moment in horror. They've had a pretty active film community in this island nation. They are indeed having right now a moment where people are starting to turn their heads and pay attention. And a lot of that has to do with director Joko Anwar, who made this film we'll be talking about today, Impetigore. Joining me on this review are what I have just now officially dubbed as The Crew, because <laughs> we review all the horror movies together. I've got Luane. Hey. And Adrian. What's up? Ghost Adrian is back. <laughs> Ghost Adrian. For another horror movie. Yeah, but not with ghosts, per se. Well, there's something. <laughs> I guess. There's a ghost aspect. This is like what I call folk horror, like The yeah. Wicker Man or something like that. Joko Anwar recently put out a movie that was called Satan's Slaves. And this was kind of a thing that drew attention because it was connected to a film called Satan's Slave that came out decades earlier that was kind of a, a surprise big hit in Indonesia. And this was released as, as a prequel to that film that almost no one in America has seen. Satan's Slaves ended up being kind of an international hit. Uh, it was a critical success. It was the highest grossing horror film of all time in Indonesia. It was distributed across the world, including winning Best Film at the Overlook Film Festival. Oh, Even wow. Variety went out of their way to give a really strong review. It's actually on Shudder. I just rewatched it. You watch it and you're kind of surprised this is a Indonesian horror film because it straight up is basically like a conjuring movie if it was not with nice. all people from Indonesia. It's very American sensibilities. Oh, wow. okay. The omen and poltergeist and the conjuring all sort of crunched together into one very cool, tight, fast-moving little horror film. Well, I know what I'm doing when this is over. He also is a director who's been known in this industry for quite some time. He has been making films since 2003 and television as well, and has even been known as being an actor. He's kind of a big deal, as it were. He's actually, I just discovered he's got three seasons of a show called Half Worlds, horror fantasy with like characters deep from Indonesian folklore who interact with each other in a sort of Gaiman-esque sort of way, apparently. That's oh. on HBO. And I was like, fuck, I didn't never even That's heard of this. That's on HBO? Oh, shit. 
I know. I looked. It's on HBO Max. I was like, holy shit, I'm going to have to check that shit out. But he also did a movie that we're about to review on Digital Noise called Gundala, which is Indonesia's first superhero film, which oh, is created nice. to be a shared universe beginning. Like, literally, nice. you watch oh, wow, it okay. and everything about it is like they're building all these pieces to expand into more superheroes, more stories that's based on a pre-existing comic book from over there so this guy's got his fingers in a lot of pies he has done all different types of movies some of which have been quite well received Impedigore is as near as i can tell anyway his second only horror film and to my experience horror is what this guy what his super strongest point is oh yeah because satan slaves is super strong and this i liked even more even though i will say it's set at a slower pace as full core generally is it's not a lot of super fast paced full core this stars the unforgettable tara basro as maya who has also plays the uh, lead in Satan Slaves and also plays one of the lead characters in Gundala and apparently quite a few of his other films I haven't seen. She and her best friend, Dini, who's also in Gundala, played by Marisa Anita. Let me just get out of the way. Everybody in this has been in previous films by this director. He uses the same crew a lot. The two of them work at a job that neither one of them is particularly fond of doing as toll booth operators. They call each other on the phone to pass the time, but it's not the world's best job. Tara Basro, Maya, is saying, look, there's this guy who keeps coming by with his car and he just stares at me. He's creepy. And she's like, oh shit, here he is again. And the guy gets out of his car and starts coming at her with a machete. And she's like, fuck! You know, she's called the cops already at that point. She's like, shit. And the guy says, we don't want what your family left behind. And then cops shoot him. For some reason that's unclear, because this would not be my move, she and her friend go, oh, we should go to my home village that that guy was from and find out if maybe my parents, who I know nothing about, but apparently were wealthy, left me some money. I have no idea how it got from point A to point B, I'll be clear. That pellet of curse that she digs out of her leg, I think, is kind of what sets him on the path for sure. Yeah, she finds a little piece of paper in her leg. Not even a curse, it's a protection. It says, this protects the owner from evil spirits for one year or whatever, and the guy who she gives it to look at is like, this writing, this is definitely black magic. We can question whether or not it was a good idea for her to do this. Obviously, if she doesn't, there's no story. But yeah. clearly, bad idea, right? Like, village right. that nobody seems to know anything about. Yeah, most people don't even nearby are like, I haven't heard of it. That's not good. So she and her friend decide that they're going to get a local bike cab guy to take them out there, reluctantly, of course, and pose as college students, their cover being they're there to do research on shadow puppetry, which apparently is a, a very Indonesian thing, and this town is known for it in particular. They meet the village leader, played by Ario Bayou, who's quite a big-name actor in Indonesia, his mother, who automatically is, you're like, villain, <laughs> who's also a big-name actress over there, Christine Hakim, and a young lady, played by Asmara Abigail, who has a really memorable sequence in the end credits of Satan Slaves, by the way, who Ooh. seems like the only person who's going to be actually nice to her. <laughs> but anyway, it's clear something's going on. There's funerals that are regularly happening. Somehow, whatever that's weird in this place, and they, they're basically sneak into the house that her family owned, which is kind of falling apart, but is by small village Indonesian terms, is a mansion. There's babies that seem to die on the regular. Like, what does that have to do with anything? And as she learned in the beginning, it was probably a good idea to be cautious about who she actually is and her relationship to her parents who had owned this house that they're camping out at. But she had no idea how bad an idea it would really be. 
I spoke of how I liked this better than Satan's Slaves, and I think if for anything, that's because it really has so much more of the flavor, actually, of Indonesia in it. It feels like a much more unique, stand-on-its-own-merits film, and less so indebted to American films. First of all, it looks amazing. I was just, like, sweaty watching it. It was just... <laughs> there's no adequate way for me to really describe how good it looks, because it looks like you expect a folk horror movie to look. It's not all slick and flashy. It's gross and slimy. And like I said, it, you feel sweaty watching it. It feels real and it feels visceral. And that's super important as you get further into the movie and see some of the really, frankly, fucked up things that are going on with this village. I feel bad because I feel like I'm going to be flying the ointment. Oh, because you're not going to like it? Is that... <laughs> I don't dislike it. But I thought it was, it's all right. right. (laughs) Um, I really, really dig the the opening. It goes pretty quick. It sets up this tension that kind of comes out of nowhere. It was extremely effective and it had my heart racing. And then for me, it's not so much that it's slow, but I feel like I was just kind of getting the same information in different forms until they get to the point where they're actually explaining the twist, so to speak. But in between there, there's some well-made scares, I'd say. And it's still pretty effective. It's creepy. Yeah, I think creepy is the key word. Unlike Satan's Slays, which is definitely much like the Conjuring films that I compared it to, built on Wah! scares. This is not really so much trying to be like that kind of film. It's definitely more about building atmosphere and slow creepiness. And I like that it's a very different type of movie. I like that all the parts of it that don't relate to Western culture, like I said, the shadow puppetry and how that relates to it and the way the mythology builds around it. I really enjoyed all that. I loved, like you said, its visual sense. And I'm starting to become a big fan of actress Tara Basra, who plays the lead yes. in this, who's just so distinctive looking. I mean, she's quite beautiful, but in a very different way. No, she was really yeah. good in this. I would like to see her in more things. It makes me want to watch this guy's other films that he's made. I, I really do feel bad, because I feel like I don't actually have negatives. It just didn't really grab me as much that I feel like it sure. maybe grabbed you guys. In terms of scares, though, I will say, yeah, it is more just kind of tension building and creepy and very, very, very atmospheric. But there is one jump scare in the film that I damn near shit myself with how <laughs> off guard it caught me. For that, you know what? Just that jump scare alone filled the I am scared quota for the film for me. Nice. There's definitely stuff in here that I found quite scary, but in ones that I don't qualify as a jump scare so much because they're not like, oh, just a sudden shock. It's more like you see it coming, you see it coming, you see it coming. Oh, shit. Now it's happening. Oh, fuck. That type of scare. It relies more on tension than than shock most of the time because it doesn't take a lot to figure out once she shows up, this is all wrong, right? Yeah. And then it just becomes a matter of waiting to see what's actually going to happen. Everybody behaves like they do in an isolated village when you just show up out of nowhere. You know, they're all standoffish, if not rude, and they're sort of creepy because they keep hanging around and they keep coming up with reasons to keep an eye on what you're doing. And they keep giving you bullshit runaround when you're trying to get any sort of information. And the fact that that house sat there for like 20 years and is still standing, nature is encroaching. But people clearly haven't touched it. So they're clearly terrified or something. And that tells you a lot about how creepy and how powerfully they feel about whatever the secret is that gets revealed. 
I got a buddy who had a house that was abandoned near him for like a year and people just destroyed it because it was just sitting there. This thing's been sitting for 20 years and nature's the only thing that's bothered it. Mm. Something seems off when everyone else lives in basically hovels and there's this mansion in the center of town. Yeah. <laughs> and it gets very dark and very heavy, but that's to the point where the movie starts really sprinting. The mythology happens almost a little too fast. They re- do all the reveal of, of, okay, so here's what actually happened, like in kind of one big shotgun blast. And I'm like, kind of wish they had fit, like spread it out a little bit more over the movie rather than just sort of like lumping it on all at you at the same time. Cause it admittedly got a little confusing. I was like, wait a minute, what house is this in? Cause it looks like they're in one place, but they're in another. Where are bones buried? What's going on? Anyway, you get it, but we should go to final thoughts. Loane, why don't you get us started? Maybe it appeals to me in some way because I'm a white Western dude and this is just more exotic. I don't know. But it was creepy and it wasn't always clear. Is it just the people that are dangerous or is there something else, you know? And so that's what kind of had me going because I was curious what was going on. Yeah, they don't like the stranger in town and maybe there's some sort of curse, but is it real or not or, or what's going on? And so I I was ready to go along for this ride and stick with it because I kind of wanted to know because it didn't feel exactly like everything else I've seen lately. I had joked when we were talking before about they didn't have the microfiche research scene that you hate all the time, but they did have a dude on the bus who basically spilled like half of what they needed just before they kind of got into everything else. So almost the same thing. They just didn't have to go look for it. And one of the things about this whole curse thing that bugged me as I was watching it, I was like, you know, stop having babies. That will make a lot of difference right there. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe just don't do that. If, if that's part yeah. of the curse, yeah, stop doing that. But maybe this time. <laughs> it's like, we know they've seen condoms. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, if it's always a horrific event, don't do that anymore. But overall, I thought this was a pretty strong movie. I'm curious to see that this director's other work, both the movie and the the series that you talked about. I think I would give this four out of five badass Javanese jackets that that puppet master wore. No shit, right? That guy had some style. Adrian? I'm not familiar with Indonesian horror. I think this is maybe the second film I saw, and I can't even remember the name of the first one, but I am familiar with Indonesian action films. And what I like about this is that I feel like the style of filmmaking is very similar in the sense that everything feels really visceral and you're there. It it feels like, like it's an uncomfortable shoot for the cast and it makes everything more real. That being said, I just kind of couldn't help but check out for a little bit it felt like it was doing kind of the same thing until it finally decided to let's shift gears and turn into something new there's a part where the comic relief just kind of cuts out and from that point onward i started to get really into it again to the point where when they do reveal what's going on the way it's filmed it almost feels like its own little short film i really really like that scene um and how they explained everything overall though i i liked it I think it's good. I I look forward to whatever else this director does. And actually, as it turns out, I think I've I've had one of his movies on my shutter list forever. It's a movie called Ritual. So I've seen this guy around. And I'm I'm excited for more Indonesian horror. This kind of even felt like it could have been a a thrown away plot from uh, a Resident Evil game with how many villagers there are with edged weapons 
going at the main character. It was it was kind of fun. I can't really fault this movie. It's it's more my fault that I couldn't really get into it. But it's it's not bad at all. And as for Shutter horror movies, uh, you should check this one out, especially if you like things that are spooky and not so much scary. That being said. It's also pretty disturbing, so you kind of got to prepare yourself for that. I give this a really enthusiastic three and a half out of five jelly babies. I do think most of this is more spooky than not, but I do think it builds to a very intense ending that things happen very fast. I very much enjoyed this partially because, like I said, having seen Satan's Slaves, I was like, okay, I really like what you're doing, but most of this is really just stuff you saw in American films, and I wish there was more of an Indonesian flavor in it. This gave me what I was asking for, exactly. Much more of that flavor of, like, while it's still borrowing stuff from Western cinema, certainly it's showing a lot of growth for the director and more of him developing his own style in terms of horror rather than just sort of doing a knockoff of somebody else's films. I like this quite a bit. You know, a lot of critics who've talked about this film have said, this is a huge step up for this guy. This is a big development. Just what I'm saying. But you can tell that he hasn't reached that point of his big Western crossover film yet, where he makes a film that's so individually his, and you're going to want to tell everybody about it to see it no matter where you're from. He hasn't made that film yet. But you can tell if anybody's going to, it's going to be this guy. So that alone kind of adds to the excitement for me as somebody really enjoys seeing new talent come up. This is funny at points, it's startling at points, it's beautifully shot, and I it's a film I'm going to return to. I'm going to give it 8 out of 10 horrible fates that are still worse than working as a toll booth operator for the rest of your life. 